You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Joe Hopkins and Mike Chappell, I'm Dave Griffiths. Mike and I just coming here from the Colts' second joint practice against the Lions. Been two days of good work, clean work, and uh, Mike, no significant fights out there. Which Pro- I, probably one one skirmish. Yes, and that was yesterday, right? The Wednesday. It was like it was Michael Pittman who got of hit kind of late. Of course, of course it was. Course. Got hit a little bit late, but then Quentin Nelson was quick to, to be there. He's <laughs> he's he's the guy in the bar that he's always your buddy. Yep. You, know, you want to fight me? Well, there's my buddy. Go talk to him. Yeah, I think Pittman still probably would have thrown a few if, if he if he chose to. Maybe even Quentin being there uh, brought his level down a little bit. Like, you, you need to calm down. But that's you see the videos of, what was it, With Carolina yeah, and the Patriots. Carol- Holy oh, smokes. Yeah. They had to go apologize and give a, seat, or give a ticket to a woman who got pummeled. Well, they yeah, they have bad blood because last year, remember, Mac Jones twisted Brian Burns' ankle in that one interception return. So I was not surprised. When you see those two teams... Anyway, but that, I forgot that's, about that. That's, yeah. that's cool video, but it serves n- no, no purpose. None. Not at all. So you can say, well, these guys didn't fight. Well, they, they got good work done. Yeah. And, and maybe we'll get into it, but we'll just talk about it now, is that they're going to play no starters on Saturday because right. they got good work today, ones right. on ones. What mm-hmm. Frank say, uh, 20 snaps in team drills today and yesterday yep. and then seven on seven. And more important, you get in this, it, it's, it's controlled. And you do situational stuff. Mm-hmm. You huge. know, maybe in a game you don't get a two-minute drive, and you don't get third and eleven. Although you know you normally do, hmm. but but in practice you, you you've got situational stuff. And these two days so much more valuable than, than what if they hadn't done this and they played a quarter or whatever on Saturday. So th- th- this was really uh, important to both teams. That's the biggest thing because Joe, as we know, like, you can have a good football team that is poor situationally and that that loses football games. It can keep you out of uh, out of playoffs. Like you could you could argue that I mean the Colts last year were kind of part of that with the fourth quarter defense just did not live up to expectations. The Baltimore game is the first one that comes to mind. Well, even earlier in the year when they were having the struggles in the red zone and they yep. couldn't punch the football in. Yep. And you know, from what I've heard a few reports from practice is they're struggling again in the red zone. Um, yesterday it was pretty good. It was, today, it was running so the much. ball like today right. was the problem. They right. were inside the five. And uh, it was it was full contact. Uh, Frank told us afterward they had two plays that were down like the two or the one yard line. They couldn't get in the end zone. Uh, so that, you're right. That's the exact problem that they had at the beginning of last season. So just working on these specific situations so that you, you don't ha- necessarily have a glaring weakness is highly important at this time of year. And to be fair, Jonathan Taylor was not in on those plays. So uh, let's, that makes it exactly yeah, huge. It, it is so hard. That's what people were the knee jerk from the Buffalo game. It is how they looked and what and how they didn't look and all that. How you as how anyone can think they can assess this offense when he doesn't play? It's 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 ridiculous because he is the core of your offense, whether in, in every aspect. So yeah, it's it, and, and we're not going to see he's not going to play. We've talked about this no. for a month. No, he's not going to play. No, you no, know, Joe's going to play more in the preseason than, right. than he will, mm-hmm. and I'd like to see that. I would too. I'd get out there. I'd <laughs> be fun for for three seconds. Get a nice, but know, you until Aiden game, Hutchinson comes off the corner. And what do you think my game check would be? <laughs> it's so that I think it's like a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it's got to be something. I'd get blown up by Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> there you go. Thousand dollars. People always used to joke. If you, would you get in the ring and let Mike Tyson hit you once? No. And you'd say yes, but no. But the problem is, you'd be so slow 
falling, he'd hit you like three times <laughs> on the way down. That's a lot different than Aiden Hutchinson. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Hey, we'll get, we'll get to that Colts-Bills game because we do have finally a game to talk about a little bit, guys, some film to break down. Uh, as Mike says, it's certainly not the end-all, be-all one preseason game. You can't judge judge the team by that entirely. But I think there are some things that we can glean or at least some some uh, some storylines that we need to continue to pay attention to in the future from this game. Um, but, but we'll start with some news around the league. And uh, the biggest news in the NFL now is just today, Thursday, as we tape this podcast earlier, uh, the uh, the NFL has reached an agreement with Deshaun Watson. From what I understand right now, it's not signed yet, but they both sides have come to a conclusion that Watson will serve an 11-game suspension and pay a $5 million fine for uh, his his transgressions over the past uh, couple years. So um, that all that, it finally, from six games, is what the, the initial arbitrator said, from the NFL wanting an entire season, they've settled at 11 games which uh, I'm good thing they came. They, I'm, I'm glad this is over that or will be over soon. But but chap, we, we talked and this is the, the 11 games is not a coincidence. And and very few things in the NFL are coincidence because they are you mean the first game back. Yes. <laughs> the first game back week 13 after a bye week in 11 games is in Houston for Deshaun Watson. Guys, the, the NFL is is the greatest storyteller that 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 there is in professional sports. And and Deshaun Watson in his initial game with the Cleveland Browns chap is going to be back back where he was in Houston, where where this all went down. And somebody mentioned and Joe can look it up, I guess. But if it had been a ten game suspension, the eleventh game would have been against Tom Brady and in Tampa. And I don't think the league would have wanted that. So and again, I'm sure a lot of people aren't happy on both sides. Oh no, not and, at all. and that's what compromises do. Yeah. If you if you've messed up both sides and you know you've got something, we've been talking. I think we, I was talking eight to ten games is what I thought it would be. I, I did never thought it'd be a, a season. And the one thing the league did not want was it, it was for there not to be a compromise. And then Goodell says a season and whatever, and then there the NFLPA files suit, and then all of a sudden. Watson probably plays. Right. They they didn't want it's hung that. up in federal court. Correct. You, you you didn't want that. So this is the best probably outcome of this. Five million dollars. I don't know where you get that. I mean, that's just that that's money that he's got in the cushions of his couch. It was Stephen Holder who was talking about it with us in the uh, in the in the room today in the media room. He says that's what two percent or two point two percent of his uh, his twenty two hundred thirty million dollars. So uh, deal. I, I don't know what number they could have come up with to make anyone happy. Uh, but at least for now, and what's funny, he's still eligible to play in the preseason. Yep, so he's still going to be out which there, I probably. Assu- I would assume they wouldn't because why? Right. Uh, you, you're take- now you're taking snaps away from Brissett, although now how much do you pay br- play Brissett? Would they, w- there had been talk about Cleveland maybe getting in the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. The fact that it's 11 games, do you, are you a little maybe more interested? <sighs> That's... It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's getting awfully late in the preseason, though. Right now, you know, you got to bring him in. You got to get him up to speed. So, how how long does it would it really take Jimmy Garoppolo to to catch up there in Cleveland? Would yeah, the, Jacoby Brissett be the better option? Well, the Colts did that, uh, that the one year with Brissett. Well, yeah, they needed to that because year because that was well, you know, they, they, they're t- totally different situations. But, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's funny. I'd like to see, and, and I haven't, but I'd like to see what the Vegas odds went went to with Cleveland's win yeah. total now. With him out for eleven games, mm-hmm. uh, but but w- one thing that's always irked me is how people say, "Well, this is really unfortunate for Stefanski and Browns." No, 
They brought this on themselves. They knew what they were getting. They into. were do- they, they, they they did. They they were they had to be more than they had to be more than willing to him not playing this year at all. Yeah. They really had. I mean, it, they they are in this for the long term, which good for them, I guess. But I'm with you. I'm I'm glad there's some resolution, and and it will be a non-story until week thirteen. Right. That, that's I think I think you hit the nail on the head when when you say you can't feel bad for the Browns in this because because they knew they, what they were getting into. Whether you whether you are saying. On two two ends of the spectrum with Deshaun Watson, whether you say what he did was so uh, egregious he should never be allowed to play in the NFL again, or if you say, well, he didn't, he wasn't found guilty of anything criminally, so he should be able to play right now. Uh, I think that there's a spot in the middle there that's accurate. By the way, neither one of those is my opinion, but you can't say that the Browns are 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 should should feel bad because poor, anything poor in there Cleveland, was possible for them. Yeah, oh no, poor no. That that's not that's not uh Joe, Joe, did you look up something over there? Would you look up their I'm win trying total? To find the win total on that. Can't find it. It was nine it's probably and a off half. the board right now. Probably is. Yeah. It's nine and a half after the six game yeah. suspension came six. down. So yeah, well yeah, it, it might go six, down to six. Six-ish. Yeah. Yeah. That's not unreasonable. And hey, I mean Jacoby led the Colts to a five and one start. That was their uh or five and two start when he was their starter a while ago. I, I, I tell you, that was their best start in years. Until the knee injury. Yeah. They, they were you know, he had he had a ceiling yeah, th- that we could a very see, defined ceiling. But you, you would think ten and six that year would have been very, very reasonable. Yeah. Uh so but but yeah, that's uh what, what uh, I'm just curious to see if the Jimmy G stuff stuff starts up again, mm-hmm. because of all the stuff in the off season, you know, all the big storylines. He was one of them, and yeah. they're still, sitting there holding a quarterback that they can't dump on. Still anybody. status quo there. Hey, the biggest news here in Indianapolis this week is unfortunate news. As rookie tight end Drew Ogletree, the sixth round pick, is going to be done for the season, placed on injured reserve today after tearing his ACL in Wednesday's practice. We were all watching. At least I was watching. It's a non-contact drill. He's going over the middle of the field. Just goes down immediately. You think. The worst because it's yeah. non-contact, and he didn't, and he didn't get right up. And, no, yeah, you know, it, it it just, and it was you, the worst. If you see it enough, and, and well, yep. then after after practice, Frank said, you know, yeah, uh, what well, doesn't it, look good, doesn't or, look good. Then, then he said, you know, it's a significant injury. Yeah. Well, for Frank to say that, right. you, you just knew. So and then there, there's a very there's a very telling test for an ACL injury on the field. Like you correct. go out there, correct. The, the trainer can do something, and then you immediately know, hey, this is an ACL, and that's exactly what. And the it MRI was. will confirm it, which yeah, it did, which exactly didn't. And and that's why you never confirm it until the MRI, just because right. it's there. But uh, Ogletree was out there at practice today. He had a big brace on, so we've seen more of him than we have of. Um, of uh, Jason Kelly, the the offensive tackle who Dennis had the Kelly. Injury. Dennis Kelly. Excuse me, I was thinking Jason Spriggs and Dennis Kelly. I molded them into one person. Excuse me. Um, Jason Spriggs has been released. We'll get to the, all the roster news in a second. But Chapa, you you brought up Dennis Kelly to to Frank Reich today, just because we still haven't seen who was supposed to be the Colts' primary backup tackle, at least primary backup right tackle, depending on Bernard Ryman's development here in camp uh, for the regular season. We haven't seen him since he went down with a knee injury a couple weeks ago. Yeah, again, there are guys that are injured, they're rehabbing. Darius Leonard, uh, Shaq Leonard, he's out there every day. And we see guys that are that are dealing with this, that, and the other, QT, whatever, and they're out there. We haven't seen Dennis Kelly in forever. And this was a guy that, that missed virtually all, probably all of OTAs in minicamp. So it's – and you just knew whenever a guy's not out there, we, we were joking in the meeting room. I said, you know, Frank will come out and say, well, as you guys know, Dennis Kelly had – I think he called it a procedure. You did, yes. I may have said surgery. You, did. you asked him, did he have a procedure? And he said he, – he paused for a second and was, he had a procedure. Right. Yeah. But so we'll see. But and he's got time. Uh, let, let's say it was. Let's just say a meniscus. Just whatever. 
and uh, that's probably two to four weeks. You know, like right. who, who did, I, I'm, I'm spacing who had the uh, the, the Jets quarterback had the same thing. Zach Wilson. Right, and, and they say two to four weeks. So there's still time for him to, to get back in practice because they need it. We watched the backups, and and you, you don't like to, to, to knee-jerk, but they're not playing very well. No. Outside of Bernhard uh, Ryman, you just don't see much. You just don't. And you don't need two full lines that you're you're comfortable with, but you need – Need two players at you, least. You, you yeah, need two. You, you need you need to have need ba- two. <laughs> Ballard always says you like to go into the season with like nine that you consider starter quality. Well, that's not going to happen. That's 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 hard to find in the right, NFL. It is, but boy, you need you need backup tackles. Yeah, I think at at, at the expense of or, or, or to, not to rip on guards because one of them is going to be mucho paid soon. But I think you can make do at guard in interior. It's hard to, to to make up for the lack of reliable edge linemen, mm-hmm. and we were talking about you know Matt Pryor's taken not Matt Pryor the entire offensive line you know knock on wood they've taken every snap yep in camp every yep. with the ones it's, it's but Pryor I, it, it's hard to kind of say how he's played uh, okay. Okay, it, it, is it? Both, both of us are wincing a little bit. It, it's there's okay. a couple plays every once in a while. They're like, oh, they're not okay. Yeah, but then and, and I think and Ryan, then there are some where he's like, oh, well, yeah, he okay. stuffed Aiden Hutchinson perfectly. Right. He couldn't it, get anywhere with the second overall pick. So it's do, do, are are you really going to go into the season at some point and, and go with a rookie at left tackle? I I I, don't, I just find that hard to believe. I don't think so. I think I think you go with you start with Pryor and you just see. It, gosh, I, it sounds so bad. If he's okay, yeah, just, just don't be, you know, we're, we're, don't be Eric Fisher. So, uh, but I, I think before long into the season, I think Ryman will, will be the guy because I, I think he's got such upside. And would you rather have a rookie? And this is another tough one. Would you rather have a veteran struggling and occasionally get beat? Or I understand the rookie learning curve. I don't want my rookie learning curve to be at left tackle. Yeah. To where you're exposing your 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 quarterback. So but I think before I think midseason, if, if prior struggles, mm-hmm. Ryman's your left tackle. I will bring our discussion here quickly back to Drew Ogletree because I, I just want well, to ask we, you. We, we, we get off track to, or I Yeah, get we did. Track. We we all do. But but what what like I think a successful season for him, Chap, would have been like thirty catches, you know, something like that. He was looking good. He was. He was looking good, and I think they were gonna they were gonna get him try to get him the ball. But I mean if you have thirty five catches, that's like two per game. And for a guy who's your third tight end, you know, after Mo and after Kylan Granson, thirty catches is, I think, pretty good, especially for a rookie. So, and there would be a couple of plays. Yeah, there would have been there. some I mean, I mean, good splash plays, plays right? I think. Yeah. So, so you look elsewhere to see where can where can that uh, come from, and that's tight ends. And uh, perhaps if you just need another big body, the Colts got another big body back, which is Michael Strawn. Missed the first ten practices, recovering from a torn well, meniscus in the offseason. He, <laughs> he looks good. He, like he did last camp too. Same thing. True. Like he. True. Uh, so like I, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to to throw that he's definitely going to be on the 53 man roster. But boy, there there there. But, but, but who else is it going to be the fifth receiver? That's the thing. Yeah. That like it like does Patman? Are you really set on making it? Has him? he done anything to really? No, separate nothing him? in no. camp. No, nothing we, at all. We were talking that normally, in, and I he's asked, not been bad, but he hasn't done anything. I, I asked Strong that the other day. I said, you know, you're, you're watching practice. Are you thinking, boy, I'm missing time? And he said, yeah, at one point I was, but but then when you go back and watch practice, no one really pushed him back to where it's it's time he can't catch up. 
you know, I think the four are set with, with Pittman and Campbell and, and Doolin and Pierce. After that, yeah, I nobody has really done much. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. but he looks good. He he he. They they put him out there pretty quick. They did in seven on seven, eleven on eleven, and he's made plays. Uh, I would assume he'll get some pretty good work on Saturday mm-hmm. in the game. Oh so yeah, it, it's there for him. Yeah, last year again, he did look good in camp, and then they found out the game was he he wasn't ready for the game. Right, and Frank even said that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's the case now, and boy, when if, if he's out there and part of that with, with that size, what is he six five two twenty five? I mean, mm-hmm. holy smokes! Mm-hmm. With, with he and when he, with he and Pittman put him and Jelani Woods and Michael Pittman out there. It's the uh, the the towers, the ta- whatever you'd call it. Yeah, they got they they built a basketball team for Matt they Ryan did. to throw to. They did. So anyway. Um, roster moves, uh, all NFL teams needed to cut down to 85 players this week. The Colts are actually at 86 because of their exemption for uh, Dabo, Marcel Dabo, the uh, International Pathway Program. Um, but they released Jason Spriggs, former IU tackle, um, uh, waived offensive Who tackle. Was playing guard. He was yes, playing he guard Yes, he was here. playing guard, yes. Um, you're, good point. Thank you, chap. Uh, the first round of cutdowns included offensive tackle Brandon Kemp, wide receivers Isaiah Ford, Michael Young Jr., cornerback Alexander Myers. So the roster is now at 86. Uh, they have to cut down to 80 uh, on Tuesday, which will be 81, and uh, then to 53 uh, on August 30th. And then Dabo kind of goes to the, the practice squad kind of uh, that extra spot. So it's not like I don't think you have 54 people on your he, on I was going to say, he do goes you? practice squad, does he? He's an extra sure he practice does. squad player. Yes, that, that's, that's, I'm, I'm 99% sure right. that that's, that's how right. it's done. Too many, so. too many rules. Yes, exactly. There, there are. Uh, who cares about rules? No rules. I know. What does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together, we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at HancockRegional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. We certainly hope the Colts don't have too many doctor visits this year, as we've outlined a couple of them so far. Uh, after the preseason game in Buffalo, Isaiah Rogers hasn't played at all this week. I think he got dinged up. Concussion. He was the one that Frank, yeah, Frank said a concussion. So he's been in concussion protocol, but he has been out on the practice fields. So he's not, he's clearly not uh, that so ill affected that he's uh, out of the bright lights and out of uh, loud sounds. Right. He even tweeted, everything's good or, yes, he or did. I'm fine or whatever, yes. which, you know, again, Take that with a grain of salt, always. Don't, don't ask players how they're feeling because right. all of them are, you know, yes. sunshine and rainbows. Right. But but we do have this uh, this preseason game uh, to to break down to offer our thoughts and uh, to see see what there is to see here because the Colts did lose to the Bills Saturday, twenty seven twenty four. If it was a regular season game, you would be horrified by the fourth quarter comeback. But it's a preseason game, so it's like eh, whatever. It was like watching Baltimore. It was. It was. <laughs> chat, <laughs> chat had PTSD from uh, watching this Bills comeback. Because what was it? it, it Seventeen unanswered points. I mean, it you was. thinking you're, you're thinking, okay, this thing's over. They, they're not going to come back and finish this. And yeah, yeah like, they did. Well, they did. Uh, Matt Ryan played into the second quarter, went six of ten for fifty eight yards. Uh, was sacked once, no touchdowns, no turnovers, uh, failed on a couple fourth downs. Uh, the starting offense played four total series without Jonathan Taylor, who is going to be the linchpin of the starting offense. So as Mike says, certainly there's no final conclusions we're going to draw about this Colts team. Um, Frank Reich said post game about the wide receivers and all that, that they're not specifically trying to scheme too much right now against defenses. They're putting players in one-on-one situations, seeing if they can get open. 
which for the most part, honestly, they didn't. Uh, you, you, they couldn't win those one-on-one uh, scenarios. Against, a couple against, Pittman against Baltimore, uh, against Buffalo's, Buffalo's backup backups, right. backups. Yes, their second team. To be fair, like I think they have a good good player, Joe and Kyer Elam, the rookie out of Florida. I know we talked about him uh, yeah, in the draft last year. Their first round pick. Yeah, he he played he played himself a really good game. I thought, especially he saw Alec Pierce quite a bit. Um, so broke up that first third down play. He did. So I thought he played really really well um, and won his one on ones. But you you hope that the Colts win a couple more one on ones that you didn't quite see. Pittman had a couple nice plays. Pierce did kind of rebound. He had two catches that I thought were good. Um, but but anyway, uh, just uh, chap over your thoughts watching this this first team Sands JT offense uh, out there on the field against Buffalo. Uh, it, what struck me was a couple of mistakes by the veteran guys. Was it fourth fourth and one or two at the you know the goal line and Braden Smith jumps or uh, yep. jumps offside and then they had a decent gain by Hines I think it was and Ryan Kelly gets called for. Uh, Holding, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Pryor had a penalty too. That was the first thing I listed. Like I hate the three penalties by well, got, three different starting offensive linemen, and also gave up a sack on yep. the play. Yep. So, yeah. it, you know, double whammy. One or the other, and then I I, I, I tended to lose interest. The, they had the big touchdown play to uh, Ogletree, and there was was that the Bernard Ryman offensive pass interference. There was a penalty it that was. called. There was a penalty that called yes, back. Yes, it was Ryman. Which I, I I don't know that I've ever seen an offensive pass interference right. by an offensive tackle. There was another offensive pass interference on Ashton Doolin. Maybe, maybe that's the one. Maybe, it was a horrendous call. I texted someone with the Colts and I said, "Worst offensive pass interference we've seen." They said McDermott called it from the sidelines. He he was barking at the officials, and I went back and watched that play. And I did too. He, they he showed just, a replay. He on just it. turned around like he okay, didn't touch anybody. I know it. So I. Anyway, we're we're not going to complain too much about a preseason. No, call, but, but but I, I again I, I've watched too many preseasons to where teams. I, I go back to one year. This is really dating myself. When Ron Meyer was here, I was talking to Rick Venturi about this, and and they they, they came out and they just threw everything at the at, defensively in the preseason. I mean, they blitzing and everything, and they were they were great. Uh-huh. And then they gave up like a hundred points in their first two games of yeah. the season. So Frank told us going in. It's going to be generic. It's going to be vanilla. You know, we're, we're not going to game plan because he's got a new quarterback, and they're yep. not. You know, we're not going to see how they're going to use Hines or, or all of this. And, and again, they're, they're not going to use Taylor. So, I you, so then you want to see execution and to see your offensive lineman doing things. Braden Smith again, fourth and goal. You don't you don't want to see that. You just no. you can't have that. But yeah, the, the main thing is no one. There were no significant injuries. Again, you right. had you had the concussion, and then Kiki QT had a groin injury. Yeah, he's I think. Been out but beyond so that, that's where you say, "Is that it? Is that it?" So we'll take that. So I, I, and I'm expecting even less Saturday. Yeah. And then Frank said that just again go down another path. Frank said that they're going to play. He said like ten days ago the starters would play maybe a half as a final dress rehearsal against Tampa. I hope somebody talks him out of it. Yep. I just <laughs> I just I don't know what again it maybe nervous. If you play if you played the next week or whatever, then you could get momentum. I, I don't know. I just the idea of seeing some, the the risk reward to me is not worth it. Mm-hmm. I and Rick and Ventura and I go back all we go back and forth all the time. I, I just I understand they've got to get to quicker starts and all this and I'm just not sure what 20 snaps against Tampa 
in the third game, how that's going to carry over that you can't get in practice. So yeah. we'll yeah. see. Joe, anything uh, stick out to you from from watching this game and the, specifically the first team offense? Uh, or this is kind of what we Not were starting out with here. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't the results weren't great, but they weren't awful either. It was you know six of ten. If Matt Ryan was like three of ten, maybe it'd be a little more alarming. But yeah. and there were a couple of drops, yeah. uh, at least one. Yeah, so I, I thought it was fine. Um, I just. Hopefully, once not scheming up is like a big deal because that's like a huge part of Frank Reich's offense where he tries to get people in the right situations to win and just going out there and saying, okay, go win one-on-ones to a wide receiver group, which we've all kind of agreed is might be the weakest position on the team. It we might be of, the weakest wide receiver room in the NFL. I, that, let's just throw that out there. It's it, up there. It, like, it's I, I, I love down Pittman. there. Yeah, down it's, there. It's down but there. but you look at other receiving rooms right now in the NFL, and like you, it's you're hard pressed to say that this Colts receiving room is definitely more accomplished or definitely better than 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 any other one, any other one in the league. There are other other teams have players like Pittman too that are young guys that are coming on strong. He's going to catch a hundred footballs this year. I think he might. He, uh, I, I really do. Especially like he he's going to take some more with Ogletree getting knocked out too. Like you you're he. Ryan looks for him. He looks for him a lot, and he had a good day today. Pittman really did. Uh, had a couple of really nice catches, but but yeah, a couple, did a couple of bubble screens. And yep. I tell you, it's hard to tell what's a big gain in in these even the scrimmages yeah. because defenders still don't just rock people. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple where that would have been twenty yards. That would have been thirty yards. Yep. So and one thing not to get so offense centric. I thought the defense played well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, was it five takeaways? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I realized it was not against the main guys, but but if you're going to play the backups, then dominate them. Yeah. Ooh. And there, there were a couple of chunk plays they give up, but I thought it was a very opportunistic and uh, encouraged, yeah. considering that, that Leonard had, didn't play and the, the main guys played maybe two series, mm-hmm. maybe – so very encouraging. Yeah, I, I one thing I thought was like the one thing I wrote down that was the best I thought from the first team defense or just the defense in general is the entire first half. Buffalo was I think zero for five on third down. Third down, like, correct. Yeah, that's that's so important. I mean, we talked about it earlier situational I- importance, and if you can get off the field on third down, then then you're going to win a lot of football. And this games. team really didn't do that last year. No, un- they did often enough. Yes, and and like we said, this is against the Buffalo Bills backup uh, offense. But hey. Uh, I'll take over five against anybody. Uh, I'll take over five against Zionsville, as uh, as Chuck Pagano would say. Can't do that against Zionsville if, uh, with uh, multiple turnovers. So we'll or penalties, getting, we'll be getting calls from Zionsville now. That's right. Yeah, we do. Way we are going to get them. So so direct direct all uh, all trouble <laughs> to uh, to at Dave G underscore Sports on Twitter. You can find us at Colts Blue Zone. Mike Chapel is at M Chapel fifty one. Joe Hopkins is at Roto Street Joe. One, one, one more one more note on the on yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah, keep going that we talked about training camp competitions. I think one of them ended in Buffalo, the place kicker. Yep. It's not fair, but when you're Jake Veritate, you can't miss it. You can't miss a pat. You can't do it. I can't argue with you. Uh, can't do it. And it's amazing. We've talked. It's amazing to me to where taking these guys at their word that this was going to be, now this was Blankenship's job to lose, but we're going to have open competition. And prior to today, they had kicked 15 times each in team drills. 15. Yep. Uh, and they were, they were both 13 and 15. And then uh, I think Hot Rod, what do you have, a pat and a 24-yarder, I think. It, 
and then Verite misses the PAT. And then today they're, they're, they kicked five, and Hot Rod was five of five. Longest was 54 yards. Right, and then Verite pushed his 54-yard or whatever it was wide right. Wide right. He's pushed everything wide right. Right, so it's like, yeah, it's going to be open competition, but unless Hot Rod is just awful, he's our kicker. It just I, I don't see how you've seen enough in team competition to say it was – Really, really an open competition. I realize they kick in the indoor a little bit, but Frank made it made it very clear that no, it's it's what we do out here that matters in games. And mm-hmm. I just think I I I wouldn't be surprised if one of the cuts on Tuesday's a kicker because you're, you're going to need roster spots for players to play in the, in, in the third preseason game. Yeah. So that's one that you may need, that you probably will need. Yeah, leave, leave it for people who either, A, have a chance to make the roster, or, right. B, can make up that third preseason game Correct. in the second half. Completely. I, I completely agree. So, Joe, your boy Hot Rod is safe, it looks like. I'm glad I get to keep wearing that Hot Rod shirt I bought. I wasn't looking so great towards the end of last year. <laughs> you need to go out and get the goggles next. Get the specs. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they're available the on Amazon. Going. Yeah. Um, one more note that I had that I really did like um, was, was the play of Nick Cross at safety. I mean, that first drive by the Bills, he – was in the end zone and was had tight coverage and fourth down tight coverage yeah third end. and fourth down or second and third down had two balls thrown his way incomplete passes and then in the second quarter he made a really nice tackle in the backfield or right at the line of scrimmage on a third down run so he got up there stuck his nose in it made the play forced a fourth down I mean I, I couldn't have asked for anything more out of Nick Cross so uh, the guy who's probably going to be the starting safety uh, alongside Julian Blackman. Uh, it, I thought looked looked really good. If there's one, again, you, you everyone knows how much I love safeties, but if there's somebody that I was most encouraged by in this preseason game, someone that I really want to make more of a declaration on, as I how does he do, how does he play exactly, in the game? Yeah, as I won't do on others because right. it's a preseason game. Cross, I think I'm more apt to make the declaration that he is ready to start, even though he might miss some plays. I think he is ready to start in the NFL. He, he might be one of the few guys that plays Saturday, right? And, and it, Give it him may more be, time. It, it may be because he's a rookie, and it may be because right, they're they're a little thin at the position. I think mm-hmm. I'm, he or McLeod, but uh, I like the kid. So, sometimes it, I've always said there have been a handful of guys that come through, and you say he just gets it, and he's going to Antoine Bethage or Odd Powers from mm-hmm. day one. Yep, just day one. And what is he? He's twenty. He's 20 years He's old. He'll 20. be 21, I think, uh, at the start of the season. I forget exactly. I thought it was really close to the start of the season. I've got a grandson old. older than that. That's crazy. <laughs> but he, yeah, it's he, September 10th. There we go. Yep. Right it, before the start of the season. So he'll, he'll have his birthday the day before the opener. 21st. Yeah, he, they go out partying the night before, oh, he, and they're, he, they're he, terrible. Absolutely he terrible in Houston. Li- he can get lit. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That'd be great. That'd be hilarious. Well, Frank, He's uh, puking on the sideline before a, the game. he's a healthy scratch. What happened? Well, you know, he came in and... <laughs> Houston was unkind to uh, Dick Cross on his 21st birthday last yeah, night. Maybe he does, holds that celebrating for after the game. There you, you know, go. Celebrate the win. Yeah, do it on the, air, on, the air, <laughs> on the plane ride back. Let, let, let's hope for that. Getting him some of those alcohol-free Heinekens. There you the go. Before. God bless you. Hey, Nick Foles had two turnovers at backed-up quarterback. Um, one of them was a fumble return for a touchdown. He got blasted uh, by Joe your boy Jordan Murray giving up some pressure uh, from right tackle. It's I don't not think looking so great. Yeah, exactly. That that <laughs> I, uh, to be fair to you, that was that was obviously a reach, and we we admitted that it was a reach, uh, guys, to make the fifty three. But Jordan Murray has has been nothing special. Uh, I think that's the nicest way I could say it in camp. Sam Ellinger played played really well. Uh, Ten for eleven, like he was. 
he was running around a lot back there. And Chap, you said it today as we were talking just about him in general. He's the perfect preseason quarterback. Perfect. The perfect. Perfect one. If you if you could design a preseason quarterback. Second halves are unscripted. Yes, completely. And Ellinger is an unscripted guy. That's where he thrives. When things are on the move, when things are going nuts all let, around let, him. Let's, let's just take this 10 seconds to say there is not a competition for backup quarterback. There is not. We'll be very clear in that. Uh, in, in spite of the, the differences in performance, Foles, I don't think Foles was bad. He threw one bad pass, which was intercepted. It was a really bad sailed pass. Sailed on him, yep. Like, I think it sailed on him. And you could you could argue, um, and I don't know, because I would have to ask Frank this question specifically, but uh, I think it was over Kuti, uh, if I'm not mistaken, before Might he got hurt. Um, like maybe Kuti just ran the route shallow. Maybe he was supposed to push it upfield five yards further, and then it wouldn't have been quite so bad. Like that's something that I learned from from covering floor, football at Florida know. State. Yeah, with with Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo would never say anything bad about his quarterbacks. Like never. Whether it was Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, Jameis Winston, like he would always point out, hey, wide receiver, well, wide receiver ran ran a five yard out instead of a seven yard out. So that's why it was it was too high. Um, over the middle, uh, he he got got pressed and got behind uh, the the play, and so it wasn't Jameis's fault that that ball seemed to sail. So like that's like I said, I, I learned a ton of football. Uh, well, we from, we from we've that. seen some time in practice where Ryan has thrown to Pierce and he's been off target, and right. you, then you see Ryan go up to him and, and kind of signal that you're supposed to take that five yards deeper. Yep. Yep. So, so there's something so, to that. Definitely. So uh, let's see. Anything else stand out from there? Let's see. Doolin. I, I have that note about Ashton Doolin here. Gosh, that was just bad. And Chap, I think uh, well, well, I'll, I'll say one more thing, and that's I hate Naheem Hines running up the middle on third and one and fourth and one. I, I know they did it a couple times, and I just I just hope never to see it in the regular season because it just never seems to work. So uh, Philip Lindsay, I thought was actually that that's a really good Philip Lindsay possibility role because he's a shifty guy. Like he can go well, up but to it'll the line be and Taylor, just get a little though. move in games. Won't it be Taylor? I hope it would be, but it, but it was Hines last year when Taylor was having the great season. Yeah, but but at Buffalo, he had a couple of his touchdowns. Around the goal line, and I, I, I hope it's Taylor. I hope it's Taylor. I hope it's not Hines. Uh, as much as I love Naheem Hines in his role, I do not love him on third and one or fourth and one. I no, I, I no, I, I agree, and and I, you know, m maybe there'll be a few times. I don't know what Ryan's history is on quarterback sneaks. It's a good question. We know uh, I think can't be as good as Jacoby Brissett. But did, did, then didn't we have Philip Rivers where he hardly ever had when we, we went back? Well, but the last one I had was you know three or four years ago. Right, but it's. You need to have that option, but boy, you just you need to be able to convert those. It's, it sounds crazy and, and Mr. Obvious, but th those keep drives going or they finish drives. And I, I just think we were talking too, and, and only these I'll talk to Frank about it. But when they get in their hurry up, into the half or whatever, and you're in more of a pass mode, you've got your best player on the sidelines. Yep. Jonathan Taylor is not really involved in that two minute, right? I understand that, I guess, but boy, it just hurts when you've got your best player. And I, and again, Hines is so much more effective as a receiver out of that. But uh, yeah, Hines, I, it's kind of one of those don't overthink it. You know, don't put Hines back there. Now maybe you can try to sneak one in when it's third and seven or whatever, and you're around midfield. And you want to try to sneak a draw, but not around the goal line, not not up the middle. It's, it's almost like they're trying to say our bigs are better than your bigs. Sometimes that's not what it is. In, in, in my, my, one of my pet peeves forever is when it's fourth and goal at the one and 
th- this isn't just with Frank, and I'm not sure Frank's done it as much as Pagano did, but they put how many guys can we get in the box? Can, can we bring in all of our big guys and really clog the middle and, and try to pound a yard instead of spreading everybody out and give the running back just a crease? Give Jonathan Taylor just a little bit, but but what do you know? I know what do I, I, I know. <laughs> I, I, I sit and watch it, and then I, I know I'm up in the press box instead of on the sideline. What would you call a great health system just a few minutes down the road from Indianapolis, where you can see some of the area's top doctors and healthcare teams in great facilities, including one of the safest hospitals in America, and maybe even save a buck or two on your healthcare? We call it Hancock Health. So if you're looking for smart, safer, affordable care, head east to Hancock Health, where we're making health possible for the people of East Central Indiana and beyond. This week, the Colts hosted the Lions for a pair of training camp practices out at Grand Park and certainly the most important work for the starters this week because, as we mentioned before, they're really not going to see a whole lot of action, if any action, uh, on Saturday afternoon inside Lucas Oil Stadium, which you can watch 1 p.m. right here in central Indiana on Fox 59. Tune in at 1230 p.m. for the Blue Zone pregame show. We'll lead you right up to kickoff um, on Fox 59. Uh, what stuck out, uh, chap, to you about these couple practices with the Lions, offensively, defensively? I focused more on the offensive side of the ball. I think uh, most of us did uh, for the Colts to to stay down there. So, uh, what um what what you see? What you think? Uh, what uh, what happened? What transpired out there? Yeah, the way it's structured is with the two practice fields, you, and when you're there, sort of by yourself, you, you got to take one or the other. Right. And, and I I trust the defense. I, I think it's going to be pretty good. That was my strategy too. And I want to see how the offense. And I thought the offense, by and large, got the got the better of, of the Lions in the one on ones and the seven on seven and team today again in red zone. I think Ryan was they they didn't get in on a couple of plays like you talked about. But by and large, Pittman made catches. Alec Pierce had his his catch of the camp yesterday. In the left corner against Colts their... Colts tweeted that out, by the way, if you want to go take a it's look It's a really Colts. cool... I mean, it's... Like Frank said, that's that's the kind of plays he made in college. The tight ends look good. Uh, Granson's... I think he hit a rough patch about two weeks ago, and now he's coming back to where he's making... Moali Cox is making catches. Oh, look good today, yeah. So Jelani Woods today, which right. I'm thrilled which he, to see. Which he needs to. He just yeah. does. The running game sort of sputters a little bit, but again, it's hard to tell. But then there was one play where Taylor broke, and nobody touched him. Nobody Huge touched hole, him. Nobody touched it him. Would have been, yards it would have been thirty anyway. Yeah. And with his speed, maybe he runs away from him. So, I'm encouraged. I, I, I'm encouraged. And people said, "Well, this is a not a very good Detroit secondary." Well, wait a minute. You, you know, you can't don't trash the Colts for having good days against the team and to say, "Well, they're." You know, it's because they had a, a substandard secondary. So I thought they played well. You're going to play substandard secondaries. I mean, you're going to play Houston twice. You're going to play Jacksonville twice. Uh, there's going to be teams out there. You have 17 games. Chances are half of them are going to be against teams that are in the bottom half of the league. So it's it's good to see them going up, Joe, against against teams that just don't have the the you're. If you're not going up against Jalen Ramsey every game, that, that's okay. Like you're encouraged still to see them going up against other teams' starters and getting some good play. I mean, golly, is a lot better than struggling against a poor secondary. That'd be, I'll that'd tell be you ter- that. terrible. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and I get it. The Lions did not have a good defense last year. It should probably be a little bit better this year with Aiden Hutchinson applying some pass rush. But the Colts are still supposed to go out there and win. And from what I've heard of the reports, for the most part. They've done that, especially on Wednesday. I heard 
they kind of came back to earth a little bit on Thursday. Um, but that's what you want to see is your guys winning. And especially I've heard the Colts are pretty happy with the development of the Alec Pierce out there kind of mm-hmm. growing as he comes along. Yeah, it's sometimes you can see where the game's too big for a guy. It's not for him. He, he, he's not had too many drops in practice, I don't think. And again, the catch he had yesterday was really, really quality. But they're finding ways. And again, like Frank, it almost sounds like we're making excuses for Frank. But when he says they didn't scheme to get guys open, well, he, like you said, he does that. He schemes to get guys open, and you're going to see more. When, when the when the game start counting to how you get guys open and it's just not one on one, so I, I I was encouraged. Uh, I wish I had had time to go to the defense, but it's it's just hard to it's just mm-hmm. hard to go down there. But I thought that for the most part, I tell you what I was impressed with was watching Ryman play, even in the one on ones. He would occasionally get beat, but then there were times that he just stuck. He, he got he got solid and he squared up, and he kept guys at bay. And that's what you want. Once he played left tackle, or he's played tackle for two years, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's it's really going to be really interesting to see how how they view his his growth. It was such a young lineman to Pryor, and I go back to the same thing. Pryor's had one start at left tackle, so it's not like he's the established left tackle, but. Uh, and and again, there were times that the prior had a couple, of, you know, some good plays, and then he gets beat. Well, that's problem is that's the life of a left tackle. And, and so what you want to do is when, when you get beat, you don't want it to be a blow-up play. So, but it, it's by and large, very very pleased with how they played. And we talked there were only there were only three skirmishes, which which is a plus because you hear it all you heard all about with Dan Campbell and what and what he's trying to instill there. Bite and, off kneecaps, right? And what Frank said is that what's important, and I and I know it's. Frank, but you know it's he, and at some level he wants to see fight in his team. He does, but you've got to know when. When is your toe over the line just enough? You play through the whistle, but you don't let it get out of hand. He said it. it it's how you control yourself once things almost get out of hand, and by and large, again, both teams did that. Once again, the Colts and Lions kick off Saturday at one o'clock inside Lucas Oil Stadium. Watch it here in Central Indiana on Fox Fifty Nine. Chap, if most of the starters won't play, which is what Frank Reich said, I think the most likely starters to play would be a Nick Cross, because he's a rookie, and Alec Pierce, uh, because he's a rookie. Um, and then maybe Kylan Granson, if you count him as a starter there at that position at tight end. Boy, but you're, you're then, but, yes. then when you when you have Ogletree go down. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying the most likely. I agree. The most likely. Maybe face on Isaiah Rogers, maybe one yeah, of they're them. They're a little, yeah, a little light. Isaiah Rogers is your fourth cornerback right now. So if he's out of concussion but he's protocol. Got the concu- but he didn't practice. Exactly. He didn't practice so he, all week. They, they're not going to do that. Yeah. But it's, you know, guys have to play. You know, you got to play. Somebody has to play. So I, I just, Heinz, I, 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 wouldn't, I just wouldn't put him out there. Yeah. You're going to see Philip Lindsay. What about Matt Pryor, who you brought up? Do you want him to play? No, or do you want to see I, 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 I think if, day? I think just with Ryan the offensive line, it's, yeah, they're a group. Yeah, leave them together. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and again, I thought the off, the backup offensive line has, has not played well, but I remember with when Howard Bud was here, is he says you're not trying to get a second offensive line. You're trying to find two or three guys that when you need them, they can step in and play. Right. He was always good about. We we could never keep track of who was where because he moved them around so much. You can ask Joe Wright's that, 
But uh, so yeah, I, I it's really hard to say if you had to, you know, name three starters who are going to play. I think it's tough to do because outside of Nick Cross, I I I, I would say give. Pierce maybe a series or two just to play because mm-hmm. he is a rookie. But they've got so much decision to do on that fifth receiver spot. Yeah. Running back, I think they want to see Lindsay, how Lindsey, won't he carry the ball ten times probably? I think he's your, your leader to be your third running back. Yep. And then maybe Deion uh, Jackson, maybe. Yep. So they've got, they've got some decision. I think the, the defensive line rotation is pretty well set. You want to find that other – the the Muhammad replacement, mm-hmm. and is that going to be uh, Cameron Klein or Afidi uh, Odenibo? There you go. There's like the G is there, but it's not pronounced. Yeah, it's, if if both of those guys, if both he and Dyer were on this thing, <laughs> I'm gonna, Mike's going to quit right now. It, it's going to be because because my my laptop's going to default to one of them, uh-huh. and if I don't recognize it, it's going to go. But I I think I, I I like the defense. I like the depth. I tell you, one player we haven't mentioned. And he looks good. Is Tyquan Lewis? Holy smokes! I'm telling you, I was talking to Rick Venturi again. And, and if you didn't know, he blew up his patella, uh, October whatever it was. You wouldn't know. He looks really good. And he was such a monster loss last year. And what he could do for the rotation, he can play inside. He can play outside. So sounds like he's currently ahead of um, uh, Dioc. On the depth chart, maybe well, it's Banigou right now on that side. Yeah, they, I, don't, they, I don't buy I, yeah, that depth chart. I, I <laughs> chap's not having it. If well, maybe not the official, but like the coaches, is, yeah. is Lewis probably a little bit of head of Dio? Because I haven't heard a whole well, lot I, of Dio buzz. But he, but he has some good pass rushes against the Bills. I, I, I think the team is sort of not really pushed Taekwon much because of the injury, but they're gonna have trouble holding him back. Yeah. Uh, so, so if, if he'll be one of those guys, and then Dio's going to be one of them. Banigou, we'll see. He had a great preseason last year. He really did. So, but th- th- this will be the great game for those guys. Yeah, because they're going to start and see some pretty significant minutes. And, and Banigou did have another sack against the Bills, so this tradition of good preseasons for him continues. Maybe he can get in the good graces of the coaches. I want to see Jelani Woods have a nice game because with Ogletree going down, they're going to have to count on him mm-hmm. even more. And I get he was the third-round pick, and he was the guy going into it they thought they could count on. He, he, and he hit a, he hit a bit of a, of a lull, which whether he, whether he came back or Ogletree went in front of him. And I th- was thinking today with the roster makeup, I thought before the injury it was four tight ends and four running backs. Do you keep four tight ends now? I think I, that's a big question. I like, don't know. It, it, is that Jacobson guy, the undrafted rookie? Or is it a guy, state. can you find a tight end probably when roster cuts off are made? The quote unquote trash heap. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. yeah Jack most, Doyle was off like the trash heap. Hey, we'll take that. We'll take that <laughs> trash all day. <laughs> right. Kenny Moore was off the trash heap. We'll Correct. take that all day. It, 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 it's, it, it, it's time and place. And, you know, you think, boy, could they, could they get a good tackle off the trash heap? Probably not. I mean, uh, people don't get rid of usable offensive linemen. They just don't. Mm-hmm. So that I, I, I would love to see them get – I'd like for there to be another lineman that's not here yet, but it's teams just don't normally have a surplus of right. offensive linemen. Yeah, they, they got they got Matt Pryor last year because they traded with Philadelphia Correct. to get So him. maybe like, something like that will happen. Would they get like possible. a six-round pick for yeah, Pryor? Yeah, something Wouldn't low. you do that every day? Yeah. Every day of the week. So if Dennis 
Kelly doesn't come back to a form where he can kind of mm-hmm. be uh, relied upon. Maybe they seek another trade out like that. Ballard's done that for you know, a, a few seasons now. Correct. Uh, we already mentioned Brissett. So yep. we'll have to see. This team uh, is definitely not complete yet. There will be new players added. Yep. So, so that's where we are right now as the uh, second preseason game approaches. Uh those those backup positions, like Chap said, I think are Joe. The, what what I'm looking forward to too, you know, the 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 fifth and sixth wide receiver who who who's in there, the the fourth and fifth option at defensive end, that kind of. We battle. talked about the linebacker battle with JoJo Doman. Weatherford had an interception against the Bills. Yeah, so, Hamilton Heights. Um, so maybe you know the game might sway the coach's decision if one can play really Doman's well. Doman's been out this week. He's Do- been hurt. Oh, he's been hurt this So, yeah, Jojo okay. Doman's been on the sidelines. Did he lines. play in the preseason game? He played the first preseason game. I think he might have gotten hurt. I don't know. The they, did they announce what the injury was? I don't think so. I don't think anybody's asked because it's been a backup linebacker position. It hasn't really risen to the forefront of that time with Because right Frank now, EJ Speed's been the third guy, and he's, and he's played well. He just played great. Like He's played really well. Your boy. My Joe, boy. EJ Speed. EJ Speed, yeah. Talton so State. The, the linebacker battle, it'd be nice to see Ryman go out there and yep. play really well, yep. left tackle. Yep. Um, just kind of those backup positions. See, I heard, uh, or at least Pro Football Focus graded Will Fries really well in the preseason game. They mm-hmm. said he did a good job, so maybe he could be kind of that reliable guard. If he's uh, the one, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they're, they're going to need someone on the inside at some point. I'm yep. sure someone will go down. So yep. just kind of seeing, because I, I get the backups aren't the most exciting, but the Colts are going to have to rely on them at some point in this season. So having a few guys that give you a glimmer of hope would be nice. For sure. For sure. So we'll see what happens come Saturday afternoon. One o'clock. One o'clock kickoff. I may be home by seven o'clock that night. Perfect. That'd I be, love it. That'd be nice. We're, we did it as a favor to you, Mike Chapel. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> glad, glad to help out. And we'll have plenty of time to put together our, our 10 o'clock show that, that evening. For it's Saturday. all about us. Exactly. Uh, I don't know what, what else matters. It's for us. To if I don't look ready. after me, no one else will. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's preseason football uh, in the media world. Uh, so we, uh, we thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week to, to break down this uh, second Colts preseason game and uh, the, the end of training camp next week uh, in, in Westfield, Grand Park. The final practices, if you haven't made three your way out practices. there. Yep, three more in Westfield next week. Uh, get out there if you haven't yet. It's been a great time. Uh, the city of Westfield's great, been great. crowd, really, yes. really good crowd. Start to finish, it's been really good. A couple of days have just been crazy. They've been absolutely bonkers. Like uh, Fat Appreciation Day with the Lions on uh, on Wednesday of this week was was crazy busy. Of course, the night practice is always insane. Um, but you look around to what some other teams get in their quote unquote open practices in, in the league, and the Colts Colts have done a lot. They've done and, uh, a lot and we, more. And, we, and we've talked about this. The way the players interact. With with the fans is really kind of cool to see. Yes, and, and yeah, go ahead. Sorry, because this is a chance for these a lot of these fans who can't afford to go to games. Mm-hmm. This this is their season. Yep, and the players stick around. We were quite a few of them do. Jonathan Taylor was uh, doing serious radio, serious XM radio, I believe, with Bill Polian and Solomon Wilcox, and where they were at, they, their fans were just lined in back of the barricade. And Taylor had his back to him. And the PR guy, I said, is, is he going to sign autographs? And he said, well, I'm going to ask him when he gets off the radio if he wants to. And if he doesn't want to, he'll just walk away. Mm-hmm. And he went back there and signed autographs for 10 minutes. Yep. So it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, I've always said this on some tweets is, you know, it takes like 30 seconds to make some kids a day. Yep. And longer than a day. So, you know, give, give them something and, and, 
you know, give them something to remember. And, and again, it, it just it, it's that that this is where you start building that next generation of fans. So I think it's invaluable that that they're still practicing away from the complex. Encourage you to subscribe to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Get us delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as we drop, typically on Thursday afternoons or evenings here uh, throughout training camp and the regular season for sure. Um, and so, yeah, so that'll wrap us up for this week. We'll see you next week after the Colts take on the Lions at Lucas Oil Stadium, Saturday, 1 p.m., Fox 59 in Central Indiana, 12.30 p.m. for the Blue Zone pregame show. We'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. <laughs>